0: welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're two Modern Mamas with a goal to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, and joy, no matter your journey, gender, or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder.
1: And I'm Jess of Holden Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, and mama to bear and Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we are medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We are so happy you're here. All right. Hi,
0: guys. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. I am super, super, super excited for our guest today. Um, I know this has kind of been a long time coming. We've got, we get questions all the time about ketosis and keto and low carb and high fat and all the things. And as you guys know, I have been talking a lot lately about how I've kind of made the switch to going pretty low carbohydrate and very high fat in my postpartum period and how wonderful it's been for me, for my headspace, for my energy levels, for my workflow, all of it. So now we get to have someone who's truly an expert on the subject come on the show and share her story. And so without further ado, I am going to introduce to you, Leanne Vogel. Did I say that right? You did. Beautiful. Um, Leanne is the founder of Healthful Pursuit, best selling author of over 11 health programs, host of the Keto Diet podcast, author of the international best selling paperback, The Keto Diet, and the creator of Fat Fueled Living, a holistic, paleo friendly approach to a ketogenic, high fat diet. She has been in the field of nutrition since receiving her holistic nutrition certification in 2007. Leanne shares free videos, podcasts, recipes, and keto-friendly resources on her blog, healthfulpursuit.com. When your book is titled The Keto Diet, that's (laughs) evidence enough that you've been in this for a long time because you have the name for your book. That is so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show today.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Laura. I remember when we were trying to figure out titles for the book and The Keto Diet was free. I'm like, I'm taking it. Bold move. Going to do it. (laughs) Mine. I think that's so awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm super excited to have you on. And I know that our listeners have been waiting for this episode. So thank you again for your time. And I know right now you're in Florida, as we talked about before we started recording. Um, And just so our listeners know, you live in an
2: RV. Yes, full time in an RV. My husband and I made the switch right after I finished writing The Keto Diet. We just really needed to change And we had had a mortal home before and we were looking for a new one and the sales guy showed us this big 40 foot beast. And I just said, just on a whim, like, Oh my gosh, this is so big. You could live in it. Hmm. And then my husband looked at me and I looked at him. I'm like, can we live in this? And then it was just this crazy thing of, okay, let's renovate this RV. We live in Canada. Let's figure out how we can travel like full time and just make this our life. And we haven't looked back since. It's so awesome. Great. I love it. We have a couple episodes back. We had um,
0: some good friends of mine, Pat and Taz Barber, and they don't live in a van, but they are, they own a van and travel a ton. And they're also currently traveling for five and a half months internationally with their two kids. And so we found that a lot of our listeners can really resonate with that, whether they're doing it or not. They still, there's like this, I think there's a general kind of mood going on right now amongst people, at least in our peer group of like, screw society whether it's the standard American diet or, um, being obsessed with technology or whatever, and like simplify. So I love that you guys have done that you're doing it. And, um, I guess that leads me to my, I wanted to start with a fun question. So what is your favorite and your least favorite thing about living in an RV? Start with favorite. Let's start with the positive, I guess.
2: (laughs) Okay. Um, favorite is nature and just being able to, I would say, Just being able to stand outside like yesterday, it was like a little bit sprinkly and the morning dew was just like perfect. And I just went outside with no shoes on and just stood on the ground. Like, you know, just being that so much more primal in Mm -hmm. that way. I really, really enjoy just connecting with nature and seeing new things and also seeing different animals. Like I met an armadillo last week. How cool is that? It just came right up to me. (laughs) Yeah he came right up to me. He's like, yo, Leanne, what's up? Like <laughs> he was so Amazing. close. And what now state I were know, you in when you met? Uh, Florida. Okay. Yeah. Florida. And, you know, just being able to see different animals and woodpeckers, like actually, you know, pecking on wood and what, you, you know, every time he pecked, he would look around. Turns out he does that because he's looking for a mate. So he like pecks, looks around, sees oh. if he's attracted to just those little things of those little life skills that you don't necessarily know you need, but You know, if I'm ever on an episode of Jeopardy, I'm going to totally crush it because I'm going to know so much more about the world. But I would just say like nature and understanding the world and just seeing different cultures like each state is different. Canada is so much different than the U.S. Mm -hmm. And just all those little pieces and conversations with people has just been Really grounding, and I have really enjoyed that part. Um, That's awesome. The least favorite and things people really don't talk about when you live in full time in an RV is like all the problems you're going to have. Like Mm. your RV is going to break down once in a while. Your generator will stop working, so you don't have power. Sometimes you can't charge your laptop. Sometimes you will not have internet access. Sometimes you'll run out of water or you have to pee in a bush because yes. your black tanks are filled or full, rather. Yeah. So there's like all these little things that um, that makes life a little bit more challenging. and you have to think, okay, I can't use a lot of water, or where am I going to get my drinking water? Or you know, all those little planning pieces. That's mm-hmm. probably my least favorite. Um, but living this way has simplified our lives so much that figuring out where we're going to live next and planning a little bit more is actually fun. And we get to decide where we want to live. Like yeah. we're kind of, so we spent freedom. a lot of time in Florida yeah, and we didn't even know we were like, Florida is great. We'll just stay here longer. Well,
0: that was gonna be my next going to be my next question. How do you decide where to go next? What brought you to Florida? Just why not?
2: Yeah, it was kind of cold in Louisiana and we were like, let's go to Florida and Beautiful. then we had planned to go to the Keys, but it started getting really, really hot. And we're like, screw this. We're from Canada. I need cooler climates. So we slowly started making our way up north. Um, and then if we have, you know, business partners or things that we want to meet with people, we'll go to those states. But it's really just mostly the weather. Mostly the weather. It's like, is it too hot? Is it too cold? What do we want to see awesome. when it's too hot or too cold? And mm-hmm. we kind of decide based on that.
0: That's so cool. So but the goal, the plan is to eventually find, choose a place and settle
2: No, not. Awesome. No, not. Not at all. Not even a little bit. I mean, we've talked about Um downgrading even further, going Mm -hmm. to about a twenty foot rig. Right now it's 40 and it's just it's way too much space and we don't use it. Um we've talked about going overseas, we've talked about a bunch of different things, boats, getting a boat instead. So So cool. We're not settling.
0: That's very inspiring. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. And um I I feel as though the things you said that are your least favorite parts about living in the RV are also perhaps in a way some of the things that make it so grounding. So it's almost like without those things that kind of suck, it wouldn't be as great at the same time. Yes,
2: you're so right. You're so right. I wouldn't trade this life for anything. It's a little bit challenging at times, like Mm. having to rent hotel rooms to do podcast (laughs) interviews. But it's also nice self-care time. I get yeah. to have long showers, take myself out for dinner and just chill. Mm-hmm. So and
0: that's something I've awesome. been talking a ton about on all my social media channels right now is specifically is self-care, whatever that means to you, for you, it's a hotel. You're also building your business because you're taking time to work, but then you get to love on yourself a little bit. I think yeah. that that's huge. So, yeah, cool. I love it. Well, I could probably talk about this all day, but perhaps <laughs> we should dive into some of the, the, uh, the focus of the episode, which I, if you guys haven't already guessed, we're going to talk a lot about keto today. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and how you found the keto, I guess first, what's probably most important is that we talk about what keto is. So what is keto and what does it mean specifically to you? Why is it like something that has been a game changer, I guess, in your life?
2: Yeah. So keto is a low carb, high fat diet where instead of burning glucose or sugar as energy, we burn fat as energy. Now that fat can either come from the fat on our bodies or it can come from the fat in our diet. And you might be wondering, okay, but which one is it? Um, It can kind of be a mixture of both depending on how much fat you intake and what your hormone levels are at. So for me, I know that my body fat percentage actually has to be Quite high in order for me to have balanced hormones. If my fat percentage gets below about 21% ish, I end up losing my period. And so for me, I have to eat a lot more dietary fat on a daily basis. So I primarily burn the fat in my diet and not a lot of fat on my body. And that's taken me years to figure out a lot of keto massive fails along the way and really what keto means to me is uh well freedom from ADHD i used to have ADHD and when i went on a ketogenic diet i had to stop my medication because I just really didn't need it anymore. And it means, um, having my period, I had amenorrhea for eight years. I did not have a period for eight years. And every doctor said I had gone into menopause early, that there was no chance for me. I would never, ever, ever have a natural period ever again. And I came to keto at a point of like, I have tried nothing else. I've tried rather everything else mm-hmm. and nothing has worked. I, I need to try something. And back in 2014, when I started keto, it was um, maybe a couple of people on the internet chatting about it. It wasn't a big deal. There wasn't a lot of resources. So keto for me has really been an empowering journey of just figuring stuff out myself and then teaching what I've learned about my body and what I see other women go through with other women that are struggling. Because another thing I've learned is that keto Uh, it's very different for women than it is men. Men can go really hard at it. Like my husband can eat 20 grams of carbs every day and be totally fine. And if I do that, I crash and burn and it's really bad. Uh, my adrenals get really messed up. So keto for me has been all about freedom and empowerment. Uh, I don't binge anymore. It's just this, um, epic life that allows me to do the things that I want to do, like travel full time and all the things. It's been a really freeing experience.
0: That's amazing. So my husband and I travel a ton as well, not as much as you. Um, and I've been doing this since like December, right around December. I don't, I'm not testing ketones or anything. I, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent in ketosis, but I feel so good. And, um, and that's what I'm going off of in my, and I, so I've been doing it since December and right around Christmas, I was, I was having like brain fog and just feeling like lethargic. And I was like, screw this. I need to be a mom. I need to be able to work. I need to be able to feel good. And I, so went cold Turkey, like December 26th. And I have not looked back. I don't even crave sugar anymore. It started with just, I cut sugar and grains period. And then it slowly, like over time has just made itself into way, way lower carb. And, t- and all I want is fat. And so my husband travels on the weekends and he was, you know, he was doing like zone diet or whatever. And then he's like, you know what? I kind of was like, you should try this because he'd travel and in the zone diet, you need to fill the spaces with the carbohydrate. Like it's like about a 30, 30, 40. So there's 40% carbs and he'd be traveling and out and about. And he's like, Oh, I need to fit something in the puzzle. And, um, when he was traveling, there wasn't a great option. So he kept reaching for kind of junky food and he'd come home and feel inflamed and everything. And I was like, Hey, listen, let's give this a shot. And when you travel, it is so easy to, so easy, it's so easy. <laughs> you bring some like paleo Valley beef sticks and you, you grab an avocado, you buy, like we, we do dairy really well. So we will buy like a, a, a brick of a raw cheese and, and whatever. It's so easy to eat. Like a, I, rather than saying good or bad foods, I like to say effective or ineffective. It's really easy to eat effective nourishing foods when you are low carb. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. And so when you say that, I was like, yes, much. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's so convenient. I know. I love it. Okay, cool. I'm glad that you said that because that's something that's been on my mind a lot um, with all the travel that we have been doing. And like, if I know we have a flight, I will load up a very high fat meal and very low carb before the flight. And then I know I don't have to eat for hours. So if we get a delay or whatever, like I, I know that I'll be fine. So I love that you said that because I think that's something that's
2: been like aside, nutrition aside, convenience is pretty incredible. (laughs) Yes, it's so true. Yeah, I love doing that. Or I just fast. Mm -hmm. I fast. When I just, it's too much thought to work in food and stuff. I'm like, okay, just not going to eat. And it's And it's so great. And before I couldn't do that, like it it was physically impossible. And even when I went keto, those first couple of months, even Mm. the first year I found fasting really, really difficult. Mm. I just, I couldn't do it. I was always hungry. And now it's, it's such a great tool to be like, I have to drive for four hours and then I'd have to get up early and have breakfast. Man, I'm just not going to (laughs) eat. And being able to just make that decision is, is so freeing and so much easier. And I feel like
0: it's such a cool flipping of the script because I know a lot of women and most of our listeners are women and women specifically, we've kind of been taught since we were little that food is something that has to be earned. That food is something that is moral. It's good or it's bad. It defines us. And so where maybe for a lot of women, it's a point where like they do everything all day. They're thinking about trying not to eat. And now you're in a place where you don't even have to think about eating. Yeah. So instead of like, purposefully thinking like, I need to distract myself from food. I I should not be eating now, but I'm hungry, but I shouldn't be eating. So I'm going to go as long as I can. Maybe I can last one more hour where now it's like, you're like, ah, I don't really have time. I'm not that worried about it. And so it's now not a deprivation thing. It's a convenience thing. And it's you listening to your body, which I think
2: is really incredible. And it even goes a step beyond that of like, wait, it's 2 PM. I haven't had anything Mm -hmm. to eat. Like, and you don't even think about it. Keto really has taken the power out of food. And you mentioned that with women and how much power we put in food of like, this is good. This is bad. I'm good. If I eat this, I'm bad. If I eat that to the point where when you're ketogenic and you know, the blood sugar highs and lows are no longer fueling that conversation, it really takes the power out of it. But an interesting thing that happens after that, once you realize like, I don't need food to feel better. Like I'm just, I'm eating when I'm hungry and I'm not when I'm not. And then all of a sudden like how do I deal with these emotions that are coming up? Like I used to use a bag of chips to make myself feel better after a really long day at work. I would sit down in front of the TV and I would eat a bag of chips. Now that that's not an option for me because it doesn't make me feel good, how do I deal with those emotions? Like how do I deal with a rough day after work? And so now all of a sudden I have this extra time to like go for a walk or run a bath or do all of those things that I just didn't have space for. So it's so much more than a diet and it took me about a year or so to kind of figure out my own path to the point where I could start working on that. But it's oh, the freedom that comes with It's just unreal. Yeah. I have goosebumps because I, we have similar stories in that. Like I
0: didn't have a period for six years. Um, I was had some eating dis- disordered eating like female triad syndrome through, through high school into college, very low weight vegetarian. And like just tried to like nutrition myself really hard to get healthy And even then it's almost a disordered way of looking at food. Like this food is going to fix me. And now it's just like food nourishes. Yes. And I love that about it. And I love the way that it can make me feel, but, um, I love how you put it, that it's just like, it takes the power away from the food and puts the power back in your hands. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Really awesome. Okay. Fabulous. Well, I feel like we should get into some questions. Um, I have one that's less of a question and more of a statement, but it's something that she follows you, this listener, and she appreciates this kind of take, and I think it'd be a good thing to elaborate a little bit on before we dive in. Um, she said, "I've, I've all, she's heard you address the all or nothing mentality, and it's helpful when you highlight that if you choose to eat something non-keto, it's not a failure, and it doesn't set you back. You can move on from it. She's like, it's not really a question, but she feels like it's it reassures her and supports her to hear that that talk, so I guess the question then would be, can you elaborate on that concept of this all or nothing approach or is there failure? Um, that kind of a thing.
2: Yeah. So, um, it would be helpful to maybe explain when I found keto, I had an eating disorder. I had had bulimia for quite some time and I was dealing with amenorrhea and hormone issues and then weight issues. Cause my doctor had put me on, um, hormone replacement therapy. i had gained over 40 pounds in a very short period of time. I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't sleeping. I was just a hot mess. And when I found keto, it was just this other thing that was going to make me skinny, quote unquote. And I kind of lost sight of the whole reason why I started keto, which was to get my hormones back online. And so for the first six months, I counted every calorie, I tracked every macro. I did everything quote unquote right. And when I wasn't losing weight as I should, I would restrict further. I would go to bed hungry thinking that was the right thing to do. And I really got myself in a pretty bad place to the point where I was feeling pins and needles all over my body all the time, no matter what I did. I had gone six full days without sleeping. I'd become so obsessed with food. I wasn't talking to friends. My marriage was falling apart. Like it was a mess. And I remember Kevin and I chat and my husband and I chatting about, um, just everything and him saying like, this is a problem. I think you need to like get help again. I'm pretty sure you have disordered eating patterns again, and I don't know how to deal with this. And it really took us blocking ourselves in a cabin in the mountains for two weeks, trying to figure out, what, like how to adjust keto to work well for my body. Cause I had gone off my medications, my hormones were looking better, but I was going crazy inside, like just absolutely nuts. And so reading and researching and trying to figuring things out, I really had this aha moment of like, wait a minute. So I know that keto is good for my body, but all these other things like tracking my macros and testing my ketones, this is not helping. And it's making me sick in the brain. And so I just said, enough's enough. I'm going to stop tracking. I'm going to stop calculating. I'm going to stop testing. I'm just going to eat keto. And when I quote unquote screw up big deal, because what would end up happening is I would screw up. And instead of just being like, oh, shoot, I had too many carbs by five, like five grams extra would set me off to the point where I would binge binge for the rest of the weekend. Like it would just be an all out binge fest and I see this constantly. Yeah. Instead of me feeling like that was a negative behavior, what if I just needed like 5 grams of carbs is not a big deal. 50 mm-hmm. grams, 100 grams is not a big deal. You know, resetting your mind and being like I'm fat adapted. I've been eating keto for insert time here. 1 month, I'm feeling great you know, my energy is better. My brain is online. You know, I've taken the power out of food and I'm trying to deal with this. Uh, And if you have extra carbs that day or you didn't drink enough water or you decided not to go to the gym, just sitting with yourself and accepting that as a possibility of just you needing that and really having self-compassion and just understanding where you're coming from in that moment. It's like all of a sudden the power is gone out of that feeling. And you just say, okay, well, cool. And you move on with your life. And all of a sudden I wasn't having these all out binge fests. I wasn't feeling super depressed and guilty for the things that I did or didn't do. And then I became even more fat adapted and my health started getting better and better. So I think, you know, in this all or nothing mentality, we think we actually have to be completely perfect or not at all. There's no gray area. And there are many shades to a ketogenic diet and every diet, you know, like there are some vegans that choose to eat collagen and gelatin. Vegan is just a word, just Mm -hmm. like keto is just a word. And I think having that all or nothing mentality, we put the power into just our bodies and we don't look at our overall mental, spiritual, emotional health. And that is a huge piece to our overall health. And this came at a point where, you know, I was thinking and I, I use this practice often when I'm making decisions. Is like, is my 70 year old self going to be like, dang, I'm so happy I had a six pack for 20 years. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Like, no, no. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to be proud of myself for writing a book when it was a really hard thing and overcoming an eating disorder so that I could have a better life and, you know, downgrading my life to be living in an RV. Like these are bigger things and none of it revolves around my body. Mm -mm. And so I think that all or nothing mentality really, um, is dangerous and doesn't consider our mental, emotional or, um, spiritual health. So that's kind of, I would assume what uh, she was referring to. And thanks also for following me.
0: Yeah, and I, uh, so awesome. I have goosebumps kind of head to toe right now because a lot of what you said there was insanely powerful. I'm actually like writing down notes and, <laughs> so that I can awesome. go back to it. I think it's so great. And I love, especially the, the, the moment when you said enough is enough. I feel like there's so many women who are like, it, they're just stuck in this cycle of beating themselves up. And then stressing about food and then making a quote unquote mistake and then beating themselves up more. And I think what a lot of people don't realize too, is that our cortisol levels and our levels of stress and chronic stress directly impact the way food impacts our system. Like we are, it slows our metabolism down. It makes it so that we can't um, absorb nutrients in our food. It all yes. these things. And if we're eat, if we're trying to count and think about every single thing we put in our body in a stress state, then it we're it's like the, we're just doing more harm than good um on so many levels emotionally yes but also like physically the way those physically. that food it, yeah it creates huge. leaky gut i mean chronic cortisol chronic elevated cortisol is a huge problem and when we stress about everything and we when we track every food item of food we
2: put in our body it's just it's that's how is that a way to live life so i'm so glad it's that not. you said that it's not <laughs> it's, it's it's really not and it's it's terrifying like i mm-hmm. remember we were in that cabin, like just trying to figure out life. I was like, how am I going to do this? Like uh, how, uh, what do you mean? I don't know what, how many calories I'm having for breakfast. And I had a complete meltdown, like a complete meltdown because how, how do I know when I'm hungry? But I can tell you your body will figure it out. Mm -hmm. You're not like, I think the major fear for me was like, I'm going to be a thousand pounds, Mm -hmm. not able to move because I will just eat all of the things. Mm -hmm. And it's just not true. When you eat, Chocolate cake, you probably don't feel good. If you were to eat chocolate cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, come day three, you're like, I just want some kale. Yes. (laughs) You know, like that's a real thing. So
0: innately wise. Yes. I know for generations and generations before my fitness pal existed.
2: (laughs) Yes. And we were fine. And we were great. We were probably better off. Yeah. (laughs) They were cool with it. And all the like Fitbits thing. I mean there was a, um, there's a step tracker now for dogs and it's oh like, seriously, just go for a walk with your dog mm-hmm. once a day for like an hour and let them run. And when they get tired, they've had enough. Mm-hmm. Like it's not rocket science. We do not need tools to figure this and out. And still, so, it's like
0: they're in tune with their bodies. If, if our yes. dog doesn't
2: get out, she goes ape shit. Crazy. <laughs> yes. yes, completely. So I think it's really about just simplifying things. Mm-hmm. And when, when we have that all or nothing mentality, it, the first thing you can do like right now is go onto your social media and unfollow people that make you feel like garbage every time you watch their feed. That is a huge piece to the whole thing. If, if you're not feeling good about your life, chances are you're going to pick up your phone and look at other people's pictures and be Ugh. like, oh, she's so pretty and she's so skinny and she has this and she has that. It's like, stop following and maybe when you're more you know like balanced and sure of yourself and mm-hmm. and in that space you can start following those people again but social media is such a um a toxic space when we're in that all or nothing mentality because it just fuels that constant story of i'm not good enough i'm not good enough i'll just veer to the left and and keep pushing on and if i'll just be happier if i could lose that 10 pounds. You will not be happier. Like no. That's not a thing. It's no. just not a thing. I think one of the most so. important
0: questions people can ask themselves is why? Like why is it why are those 10 pounds going to make you happier? And then when you actually ask them that, they they don't have any idea. <laughs> because that oh. woman there looks like she's about 10 pounds lighter than me in that photo and she looks happy, but it's all staged.
2: Um It's all staged. Social media blah. <laughs> yeah, it's, tough. Yeah. it's tough. It's
0: really tough. It's a it's a blessing and I say that a lot because since having my kid and starting this podcast I have met so many incredible people through social media like some of my my greatest friends and I feel like I have felt nothing but support and I've felt like I've had a chance to support other people and it's been great but I also can see where it can be negative even if it's not the negativity on the actual screen that I'm looking at it's also it's, it's a time suck it's an energy suck and so ensuring that we put that down and like just like your 70 year old self isn't gonna isn't gonna look back and be like man I'm glad I looked at instagram for two hours at night instead of talking to my husband <laughs> probably much better to actually look back seven 50 years from now and be like oh, remember that conversation we had that one night or played that yeah. game or shared that bottle of wine or whatever um so memories like yes. actual real memories mm-hmm. and that gets you out of that all or nothing mentality totally. And your mind can actually remember things without a photo of it too. And that's something I have to remind myself. Like I don't need a picture to remember this moment. I can actually just live it and then remember it. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And that's important. And that's something I'm working on. Um, Awesome. Okay. I love, that was great. I think that's a perfect way to start. Um, So this is a good question. And it's one that I actually am curious about too, because I haven't done a ton of research into keto. I just am doing what I'm really working on and actually enjoying eating intuitively. Um, but Mm -hmm. she wants to know, I would love to know more about the difference between being in ketosis and being fat adapted. So similarly, how is low carb, high fat different from keto?
2: Okay. Okay. So (laughs) depending on who you ask, this answer will be a little bit different, Mm -hmm. but say, for example, a paleo person who maybe has about 150 grams of carbs, if they eat, a lot of fat and they, you know, move their body in some way, they'll, they'll process fats in a different way than say a person eating a standard American diet. Um, their body is slightly fat adapted likely, which means that they can process fat easier than somebody who, you know, is eating a ton of carbs and there's no option for them ever to get into ketosis, even just slightly when we start eating a ketogenic diet. So say you've been eating, 300 plus grams of carbs. Like when I came to keto, I was a vegan and my carb amount was just insane. And so when I started the ketogenic diet, I was not in ketosis and I was not fat adapted. After a week of eating a ketogenic diet, I started registering some ketones in my blood. And so then we could say, okay, she's in ketosis. She's in a mild state of ketosis. Is she fat adapted? No. Her body's like where are the carbs at Leanne? Like what what are you doing to me? Where are the carbs? If you fast forward three months and I test my blood, if you choose to, you don't have to, but let's say I test my blood and my ketones are like 2.8 millimoles per liter. Okay. I'm in ketosis and I'm fat adapted because I've gone a longer period of, long period without having carbohydrates. So my body now knows, okay, I don't need the carbs. I can use fat as energy. And it's really about this switch and this metabolic switch that happens. You can be fat adapted by eating lower amount of carbs, but not being in ketosis. But in order to be in ketosis, you need to eat low carb, high fat for a period of time and register ketones in your blood, your urine, or your breath. Now, Five years from now, are people going to say that that's how you define ketosis? Probably not, because some studies are saying now that it doesn't even matter if you're registering ketones. And as you go further, your ketones will actually lower, blah, blah, blah. And I find that too. Now, when I test, my ketones are much lower than they were when I first started. And they're saying that that could be because your body's just more efficient at using them. So that may change over time. But really, at the end of the day, again, these are just words. I think Mm -hmm. what you really want to go for is do you feel better? You know, is your brain lit up? Do you have brain fog? Is it hard to concentrate? You know, are you finding like around three o'clock, people are talking to you and you're just not understanding? Then you're probably not fat adapted. You're probably not in ketosis, and you probably need to adjust um, your macronutrients. Maybe you need to up your fat. Maybe the quality of fats you're eating aren't that great. Huge. Maybe you're choosing, yeah. you know, conventionally raised meat, and that's affecting it. Or you know perhaps looking at your sleep too like what's the quality are you falling asleep right away are you tossing and turning all night how are your moods are you biting off your husband's head or your partner's head every time they ask you a question you know are you short with people like those are the those are the signs of health as opposed to like am i fat adapted or am i in ketosis i think we can get caught up in like But if only I can test my ketones three times a day and just see if I'm in ketosis, then my life will be better. It's just a number. And I've seen people thrive on a ketogenic diet at 0.3 millimoles per liter and their sleep is on point. Their sex drive is awesome. Their hormones are great. Like these, whatever your goal is, is what you should focus on as opposed to like, am I fat adapted? Am I in ketosis? But for the, for the purpose of answering your question, um, being in ketosis means that you are registering some sort of ketone whether it be in the blood, breath or urine and being fat adapted means your body understands that fat is a fuel that it can use and it's using that fuel efficiently
0: that was awesome that was very well said thank you <laughs> i love it for someone who hasn't done research into this that was like oh okay i get it got it so thank Perfect. you yeah Mission that was beautiful <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's talk a little bit about carb ups and this is something that i've heard you talk about um in the past through your podcast and your YouTube channel. And I know that you mentioned earlier that men and women both um, kind of utilize, oftentimes utilize keto in different ways. And so carb ups I believe is one of the things that sets you and your husband apart potentially in terms of how you do this. Oh, yeah. so can you explain what they are and then how do these work into your life and how do you know if you need one?
2: Okay, so first off, a carb up um, may also be referred to as cyclical ketosis. Um, I labeled it carb up because it's fun, it's cute, it's short, it's easy to remember. So a carb up is a period of time or just one meal where you're eating keto, you're eating keto, and then in the evening, you're eating more carbohydrates. So think of it as like a teeter-totter is when I incorporate carbs, my fat goes down, my carbs go up. You're not pounding all the fat and all the carbs at the same time. What you're doing is one evening a week or a couple evenings a week or maybe even every evening in the week, you're having a bit of carbs, you're taking away most of the fat from your meal, you're adding in the carbs, you're having a little bit of protein, and then you get on with your life. Um, It's it's a tool that I started using around that time where I was like, oh, what's going on with my life? I can't even do this anymore. Because if I sat here and said, like, all you have to do for health and happiness is eat 20 grams of carbs for the rest of your life, you're welcome. Like, that's just not practical. And people who can do it, good on them. I am not that person. I will go like three solid weeks eating keto. And then you will find me on the kitchen floor in front of the fridge, eating every single carb. Like I will just, I can't, I just can't do it. You're
1: a real human.
2: I I mean, not that you've ever made anyone believe anything else. That's awesome. I I am a legit real human. And (laughs) you know, when I'm stressed, I, I like to nourish myself with carbs once Mm -hmm. in a while. And you know, I'll be the first to post a picture of my empty popcorn bowl on social media being like, yeah, this happened. And giving yourself permission, um, for this carb up is just such a freeing feeling to know, like I have a carb up in my back pocket. So when I feel like having carbs or I'm not feeling optimal, why don't I try to boost up my carbs a little bit and see what happens and a sign to know whether or not you're ready for carb ups is if you wake up in the morning for for like three days and you're hungry on a ketogenic diet, that's a really good sign that your leptin level is a little bit wonky. And that's a good sign that it's time for a carb up. Another really good sign um, is that perhaps you've been in a weight plateau for like 10 days and your, your pants are feeling a little bit looser, but your weight is staying the same. And you're like, what's going on? Usually when you lose weight, your fat cells are pretty resistant to shrinking because it thinks, um, your fat cells think, okay, well more fat is coming. So we'll just, we'll just fill up each cell with water and, and, you know, fill up that empty space with water. So when the fat comes in, we could just exchange the, the water for fat and we're not shrinking down. Think of it like a balloon. It wants to maintain its shape. Um, that's very tight. So it just brings in water to keep it really tight. And so what will often ha- happen is when we eat keto, the water will shuttle into those fat cells to maintain its shape. And we'll be at a weight plateau. We'll be at a weight plateau. We'll be at a weight plateau for like days and days and maybe even weeks and months. And all that is, is your fat cells holding on to water. Well, when we eat a carb, so one gram of carb for every one gram of carb, you need four grams of water to process that carb. So if you have say 50 grams of carbs in a carb up, that's 200 grams of water that need to come from somewhere. And where does it come from? Well, those fat cells. So all of a sudden you're pulling that water out of your fat cells. It's going along with those carbs. And when your body burns through that glycogen, All of a sudden, the glucose stored as glycogen, rather, um, all of a sudden, you're now um, have experienced a whoosh effect, and your fat cells are now free of that water. And so, that can be another really great sign. And another one is if you are um, dealing with imbalanced hormones or you have cortisol irregularities, a carb up can be really helpful just to maintain that balance. Um, If you have a thyroid issue, primarily low thyroid function, it can be helpful to incorporate carbs in the evening. And I'm not talking about like pounding donuts and cherry turnovers. That's not what I'm saying. Like picture like a balanced paleo meal. (laughs) Like that's what we want to go for. And it doesn't need to be a lot. I mean, there are days where I have like half an apple on a salad. Like I'm not talking about a lot. And then there's weeks that go by where I, you know, on the third week, I'm like, wait, when's the last time I had a carb up? Whoa, I haven't done it in like three weeks. Um, and that's usually when I, like when I start to get hungry in the mornings I'm like, what's going on? Oh yeah, I haven't done a carb up in three weeks. And then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have some carbs tonight. Um, and when it comes to men and women, I find men generally can get away with eating a lot of junky carbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when my husband does a carb up, he does like pizza and good on him. I mean, I can see that it inflames him because his eyes get all puffy, but it's a choice he makes and he feels fine. Um, and it resets his leptin. So the next day he wakes up, he's like, wow, I'm not hungry. And he'll go the whole day totally fasted, totally fine. It's the coolest thing. Whereas me, I find that if I do the junk carbs on a carb up, I'm starving the next morning. And then all I want to do is eat all the garbage foods. Um, whereas if I do like a paleo type of carb up, I end up fasting throughout the day and I feel great. And so it's, it's a tool we can use. It's in our back pocket Mm -hmm. so that when it when it's your 30th birthday, you can have birthday cake and not feel guilty about it because it's right. like legit, it's just cake. And if you wake up the next day feeling not that great, then it's like,
0: okay, another day from then
2: you're going to be, you're fine.
0: Everything's fine. Fine. It's
2: all fine. It's fine. It's and cool. you jump back, you know, to get back to the fat adapted question, when you're fat adapted, your body's like, yeah, girl, I know how to burn fat. Give me the fat. I will burn it. Oh, wait, there's it. carbs. cake okay, Burning through it. Where's the fat? And it goes right back. Yeah. So. It's about building up it's not a muscle but it's very similar like you're mm-hmm. building up this muscle that allows you to burn fat really really well. Yeah. Um I love that. And then it becomes
0: easy. And our bodies are so wise. I mean we just need oh. to if, when we support them they know exactly what they need to do. <laughs> Step back let's match. Yes, trust your It's like I love it too because I feel like this way of eating kind of puts the trust lets you trust and love your body again versus Mm. thinking that like every food is out to get you. It's like, no, my body knows what it wants and knows when it wants it. And now all you have to do is just listen and be in tune. And I think that's so cool. It allows for, I feel like it's much easier to eat intuitively when you eat a lot more fat, which is so funny because society has told us for so long that fat is bad when ultimately fat is the precursor for all hormones, which kind of brings me to the next. So that we got a few different questions that all relate to hormone. One is about libido um, and uh, seeing a decrease one on low carb. One is about hormonal acne. And then one is about um, just like postpartum, like milk production and pregnancy and stuff, which I know that's not your forte. So we're not going to dive too deep into that. But I'm just curious to your to hear your thoughts on, because I know it's a big one. A big argument a lot of people make is like women going low carb uh, messes up hormones. But I know for you, you actually saw your home hormones normalize eating this way. So yeah that was kind of a lot I threw at you, but what are your thoughts about ketosis and hormone balance specifically for women?
2: Okay. So, um, like I said, I had amenorrhea for eight years and eating keto, I got my hormones back. (laughs) Like every hormone was low testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, just DHEA, everything was low. Um, and for me, what was the key to me healing my body was my cholesterol. And my cholesterol increased quite substantially. And if anyone's listening is like this lady, be crazy. <laughs> like I am not increasing my cholesterol. My doctor will think I'm crazy. I'll have to go on statins. Um, unfortunately, there are many medical professionals that aren't up to date with current research when it comes to cholesterol. So if you are concerned about cholesterol, I highly recommend doing a quick Google search um, and looking for reputable sources where you can actually learn about cholesterol. And that cholesterol, like you said, uh, Laura is is very much to do with cholesterol is a precursor for every hormone. So imagine cholesterol is the tip of the umbrella, and all of your hormones are cascading past that umbrella and being created. So without enough cholesterol, your body like just cannot make hormones. That's just the way it is, and so it's important to make sure that we're having enough dietary cholesterol enough cholesterol in our body that we're eating fat to support the system and for me it was really increasing my cholesterol increasing my hdl because the number one way to increase your hdl is saturated fat (laughs) and so making sure that that hdl is increased and ldl a lot of doctors will say like ldl is super bad you don't want it there's two different types well there's multiple but the two main types of ldl cholesterol are ldl a and ldl b so if your doctor tests your cholesterol and I actually have a girlfriend who, um, just got put on statin, she's 24 because her, yeah, that, that face smack, that is legit how I felt. She's crazy. 24. Her cholesterol is quote unquote high and her HDL is low and her LDL is low or, uh, high. And, um, I said, well, did you, did you ask the doctor for an LDL particle size? And she said, yeah, he said that that doesn't matter. I'm like, that matters a lot that's because that's Yeah. Just like (laughs) legit lazy and her triglycerides were perfect. So we need to look at this as a bigger piece. And I Mm -hmm. think for women, um, we are told that our cholesterol, like the lower, the better, and it's just, it's not right. And whether you choose to eat a ketogenic diet or just a high fat diet, I, I feel like even just a high fat diet where maybe you have more carbs in a ketogenic diet, having that fat is so integral to your hormone health. Um, And I never, I'm pretty, I'm like 99.9% positive that had I not gone on a ketogenic diet, I still would not have a period like, and now it's been two and a half years and I ovulate with the moon. Like it's just crazy how great my body has gotten with hormone balancing. And so it's, it's a step in the right direction. And people will say that a low carb diet will affect Uh, women's hormones, but I think it's a, it's a bigger conversation because if I think of a woman that's going on a low carb diet, why is she doing this Mm, for weight loss? Okay. Mm. So what else is she doing? Mm, She's probably working out a whole bunch and she's probably also reducing her calories quite significantly. So is it the carbohydrates? Is it the calories? Is it like a perfect storm combination of that just accumulates into this hormone disastrousness? probably. And so I think we need to step back and kind of look at the fact that fat is a good thing. Carbs in excess, not so great for most people. And, you know, I've met women that thrive on eating mangoes every day. And like, that's their journey. But like, for, for a lot of women, carbs just aren't great. And so I think we need to focus in on the fact that fat is great for our hormones, whether you choose to eat a ton of fat with a ketogenic diet or like medium fat, um, with a non ketogenic diet, having that fat is so important. And the, the changes continue to, um, develop over time. Like one of the last hormones that started leveling itself out for me is my DHEA. And that's because it's so tight, tightly linked to cortisol. And because I am a woman with a full-time job and sometimes like a triple full-time job, depending on what I'm working on, um, my cortisol does take a hit and my DHEA suffers. But I think, um, you know, paying attention to our fat intake is so, so important. Um, So does that help answer the question?
0: A hundred percent. I think that's huge. And I think when it comes to like specifics like libido or hormonal acne on the Mm -hmm. chin or milk production or planning for pregnancy, like I think it's very important to reiterate that every woman is so different, but I think it's also, I love that you said like, no matter what fat nourishing fats, the properly chosen fats are important for everyone and for everyone's hormones. And it, and I think that actually haven't heard it put that way where it's like, let's look at the bigger picture because a lot of women, they're going to go find keto because they, to just, if the, if the focus is always lose weight versus find health, then your hormones will be affected because if your focus is just to lose weight, your cortisol levels are going to be out of whack because you're, there's some lack of like self-love and self-care and it's, you're punishing yourself. And so I think the, the, the mindset we have when we approach the way of eating matters just as much as the things we actually eat, which is huge.
2: Yes, totally. And with women um, and even men, if we're Mm -hmm. on a ketogenic diet and our diet is stressing us out, we're actually not going to produce a lot of ketones. So then we're testing and we're stressing because cortisol affects our ketone amount. And so then we're thinking, okay, so like what's wrong here? Okay, I'll lower my calories. I'll work out more. I'll increase my fat. I'll try to get my ketones up. And this is like not actually because you're just going to stress yourself out more and actually lower your ketones more. So it's oh, I've been (laughs) there. It's the worst thing. Um, But it's really just getting off. Like what you said at the very beginning is like, just realizing that there's this huge beast of diet culture. And I mean, this is a larger conversation of like being told what to eat, when to eat, how to eat it. And even with keto or any diet, you're like, do this, don't do this. And just like, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Does it make me feel good? Mm -hmm. Like some people don't like coconut oil. Good on you. (laughs) Don't eat it. Like (laughs) like regardless of all the health benefits, if it makes you gag every time you eat Mm -hmm. it, like there's got to be another oil that you like more and just do that. So hopefully it's not canola.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so bad
2: well i just think it's so cool that you you've been
0: through so much of this yourself and then you're taking the time and energy and sharing with so many people and especially women who can because the diet diet industry whatever it's like so male dominated so to have a strong figure like you who's gone through it and is relatable and is willing to share and hold the space for other women to find their own journey i think that is so great so thank you so much
2: Oh, thanks so much, Laura. That means a lot. Yeah. Thank you.
0: I've loved finding yourself. I've learned a lot from you. Um, so I'm excited to get to know you better. And I, before we go, I want to make sure people can find you if they, if they don't already know where to find you. So where can people find you? And then do you have anything new we should be keeping our eyes out for in terms of projects or things coming out that, um, our listeners might love as much as I will.
2: Yeah, you bet. So you can find me at healthfulpursuit.com. I'm also on Instagram as healthful pursuit. I have a podcast, like you mentioned, Laura, called the Keto Diet Podcast. I know, super original. And um, I'm actually just about to launch, depending on when this uh, podcast goes live, a project called Happy Keto Body. Uh, You can find out more details at happyketobody.com. It's a 12-week video training program specifically just for women, unfortunately, no men allowed. I'm sorry, guys, if you're listening. Um, I just felt like, like you said, Laura, there's not enough work um, dedicated to just women, especially when it comes to the ketogenic diet and just overall health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And I have butterflies every time I talk about I'm Happy so Keto Excited. Body because it's been um, a journey of the last five years of me being on a ketogenic diet, trying to understand how it works for women and seeing it in practice and, um, seeing it with clients. And I've brought in a doctor to help with the overall scientific piece of wow. the pro- the program. And because there's a doctor involved, we're actually able to uh, supply blood panels for people. So you can go in and select what blood tests and stool tests and urine tests, every kind of test that you want, um, and work with a doctor to kind of figure out what the level should be. And it's, it's a dream come true. And I wish that something like this had been available mm-hmm. when I first started the ketogenic diet and even into my third year, fourth year, um, to have that support wow. and that community of like keto sisters, just totally crushing it and learning about their body. So can find more.
0: yeah, I, I love, love it. it. So, so when does that launch? Cause this is going to air early, early May. So I think it'll be up.
2: Okay. Yeah, it'll be up. We'll it'll actually it. be closed for registration until like the fall. Okay. Um, we're gonna be open for registration just for a couple of weeks in April. Um but well, I'll we'll make sure open- to share make
0: sure to share. So those of you listening, hopefully you're already signed up. <laughs> or yeah, maybe love maybe it. we'll juggle these episodes around. So when does it when does it launch? Just so I know.
2: Um in mid April. Okay. So um, check your inboxes and check happyketobody.com. If you go there now, it'll be a sign up page and you will be alerted as soon as it's live. So okay. it's happyketobody.com. Awesome. Well, I don't want our
0: listeners to miss out. So I'm going to juggle some episodes because I want you guys to get this because it sounds incredible. And I have goosebumps just thinking about it. So thank you so much for sharing and for coming on. And I know you have a lot of work to do in that hotel room. So sure do. <laughs> I will let you go, but I look forward to chatting again soon.
2: Thanks so much, Laura. Thanks for having
1: me. Of course. Have a good night. Enjoy Florida. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Hey guys, Jess here. Just wanted to give you the heads up on a great deal that we don't want you to miss out on. Laura and I have recently teamed up with our friends at ButcherBox to bring you an amazing offer on premium grass-fed hormone and antibiotic-free meats delivered right to your door. We've absolutely been loving the opportunity to put together our own custom boxes of the highest quality beef, pork, and chicken. And we definitely don't want you guys to miss out on the chance to try it too. Right now, if you visit ButcherBox.com forward slash Modern Mamas, you get the chance to get $10 off of your first box, plus two free 10-ounce grass-fed ribeyes. You definitely don't want to miss out on this deal friends so get on it